Woohoo! If anybody's actually out there listening to us tonight, welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, a new and improved version of the old version that used to be. Um, like to take a few minutes to just kind of welcome everybody and introduce you to the new roundtable as it currently exists. Uh, we're working out of a virtual studio as opposed to a regular studio owned by Clear Channel, which uh, we will never mention ever again. Uh, <laughs> and um, in our Lovely Indiana, people. yeah, exactly. <laughs> in Good our their mothers. Yeah, well, some of them are. In our Indiana bureau, we have Awake by Java. Good morning, afternoon, evening, Java. How are you? I'm doing great. Ready to talk about some sci-fi. Cool. Out of our Boston Bureau, we have Kriana. Hello. You sound kind of weird. I sound that's weird? A, it's because really? I'm sick. Oh, okay. What well, a trooper. <laughs> out of New Hampshire, we have Illustrator X. Hello, hello. Good to be back in the saddle. <coughs> and I am the Dome. Lovely to hear, be with you all. I'm from Area 51 and no place in particular. Uh, Before. Before we get started, anything anybody wants to get off their chest, off their mind, out of their gullet, whatever? I'd like to mention our sponsor. That would be awesome if you would do that because we have a sponsor for every show. Our sponsor this week is our good friends Paul and Lisa at Com Fan Comics in Malden, Massachusetts. Big shout out to Lisa, who was really, really <laughs> nice to us at the uh, Granite, Granite Comp last, last weekend. Brian, something you want to say about that? Once again, Double Midnight Comics and Collectibles of Manchester, New Hampshire puts on a great show. <coughs> New England is becoming uh, just, it, we're having a renaissance of conventions of late. And that's going to be basically one of the main topics we'll be get, discussing uh, later on in the show. Uh, we'll be talking to some folks from New England fan experience. But uh, again... Granite Con was a great show. Got to meet our sponsors. And what are the, the uh, what are they giving away this week? If you go back to our webpage, you will see that tonight we are giving away the original reprint of Weird Science Number One. Wouldn't want anybody to think it was the absolute original, but it is the original reprint. And we're going to host a trivia question later on in the podcast. And anybody who can answer that question live via Twitter, the first person who gets the correct answer to us, will win this. We will mail it out on Monday morning. So anyhow, here where? <laughs> so anyhow, yes. So my question uh, for the three of us who were here, Java, you can uh, kind of sleep for just a little bit if you'd like. Wanted to talk about the Granite Con, uh, some highlights <coughs> for anybody. Um, Kriana, you uh, met with a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, sponsors who are going to be coming up, in including some former friends of yours that you kind of reconnected with. I did. I found. Um a couple of artists who I knew in high school, believe it or not, and they were super spectacular. We'll have them, their prizes on later on, maybe this month. In total, we secured 
12 sponsors. And one of the things that we did want to do is take some of the artist stuff as well as some of the pictures and have a gallery up, uh, an image gallery up within the next week or so. Yeah, somehow the web mistress there is, is being very testy tonight. And, uh, I have to move. Yeah, that's true. She is moving next. <laughs> children, children, please. Our first night back. <laughs> Awake by Java is, is going to be just shocked. Uh, I'm sorry. I fell asleep as ordered. Okay, cool. Excellent. <laughs> well done. Okay. Uh, getting back to the show, though, I got to say, you know, this show was just, it was a very small show up in Concord, New Hampshire. There were no artists, uh, no real big name artists. I mean, you, these there days are people are almost, there are artists, but I mean, people are almost starting to feel entitled nowadays. Like, they're like, well, I don't want to go unless they dig up Jack Kirby from the dead and have him sign a few of my books. And it's like, this was just a nice, small show, and yet it was packed. It was a great crowd. Uh, people were really happy. They were into it. I was talking to a, one of the dealers, Scott Davis. He said it was like one of the best shows he's ever done as far as sales. He sold a long box and a half of stuff wow. in a wow. show that really only lasted four or five hours. Yeah, it went uh, 10 to 3. Yeah. And uh, I, I was talking with a lot of the artists. In fact, the uh, artist who was sitting next to us, and I'm damned if I can remember his name. Peter Vinton Jr. Peter Vinton Jr. Yes. And, and Peter was like just so pleased with the, the the intimacy of the show that, you know, people were just constantly around him, talking to him, being with him. And a lot of the artists felt the same way. And, you know, from a fan point of view, I've always liked that kind of show. The, uh, the larger ones are fun because you get to see more people and, you know, Maybe Stephen King will roll out his book of the month at you, but um, <laughs> you know, sorry. But in terms of intimacy, uh, this was definitely, uh, definitely uh, uh, very different from what I'm used to going to. And we should have more of them around. But we, I mean, yeah. it was small. It was one room, but we all had a great time. Hmm. We all got to chat with our neighbors. We were giving away Absolutely. super rare, exclusive, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night buttons, which you can only get on Zazzle.com slash sci co. And we will have a link onto our website as soon as uh, our webmistress is done moving. Yes, totally. <laughs> we will certainly do that. <laughs> <Excellent>. Make a list. <laughs> oh, trust me, I am. Um. So is there anything else uh, we want to talk about? We're going to have pictures well, from that up as well. We got a whole lot of pictures. We had a poll going on at GraniteCon. Which of the double midnight guys, Chris, Quincy, hmm. or Brett, would you like to be Quincy. if you had the chance? Yes, Quincy. Well, that's because nobody Quincy's can ever the, really remember Scott's Quincy's the name. lizard in the Foxtrot strip. You mean Scott, Chris Scott or Brett? Well, yeah, we, it's the we, same thing. We, Scott, but nobody can ever remember Scott's name, so he's constantly referred to as Quincy. Or at least if he hasn't been at this point, he will be now. Uh, so Chris, Quincy, Brett, shout out. Hi, Double Midnight Comics. And uh, on our podcast next, next podcast, 
I will hopefully have a lot of audio from the convention as well, which we are now, currently putting If together. anyone listening is, is not familiar with uh, the New England area, Double Midnight Comics has is, is, uh, been on the rise ever since they um, started. God, has it been 10 years already? It has. Oh, my God. Uh, they are also in charge of the New Hampshire Film Expo. Um, they do at least three conventions a year. Um, They've had people like like high profile Green Lantern artists and so forth at their shows. They had Paul uh, uh, Eichel uh, a couple of years Mitch back. Mitch Breitweiser. Yep. Uh, you know some terrific artists, some real big hard named artists, yep. and at the same time they managed to keep these conventions really really intimate, and that's and really affordable. The yeah, and affordable. It, so. Uh, by all means, uh, if you're not from the area, go to dmcomics.com and check out, check out our friends. And we will have a, our original will, sponsor. Yeah, and we will have a link to them on our site. Once and we have a link page on our site, yes. And once a month, either Chris or Quincy will join us for <laughs> What's New in Comics. They ain't going to sponsor us if you keep calling him Quincy. <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> Oh, God. So, okay, John, um, I, time to wake up. Oh, hello. <laughs> Morning. Let me get my coffee. Defrosted. Okay, cool. We'll um, be reviving Walt Disney next week. We want to. Can we Fabulous. really? Okay. You know what I would like to talk about? <coughs> Go for it. I'm all ears. I would like to talk about television because there is so much quality sci fi television going on right now. There really is. It's a lot of crap. here. here. There's a lot of crap, but I mean, there are some great shows that have not only made it through their inaugural season, but they've been brought back for a second season. And every time I start to think about it, more shows pop up. One of the most surprising ones, though, is a brand new show by Sci-Fi Channel, which is Warehouse 13. Terrific show. Absolutely. Oh, you mean um, you mean Friday the Thirteenth, the series, the Sci-Fi version? <laughs> <laughs> Because exactly. that's, that's exactly what it is. I'm still waiting for Roby to show up. Well, you know how I bill it to my friends uh, when they haven't heard of it. I say, you know at the end of the Indiana Jones movie, when they wheel the Ark of the Covenant into that big warehouse? Yep. It's a show that's all about that warehouse. And that's pretty much what it is. Uh, it's a show that's about a the warehouse where they stick all the random stuff that does weird things. And uh, hilarity and suspense ensues. I'll tell you what makes it work for me is the casting of the two agents, number one. They play off each other real well. The writing in general is very, very good. And it it's actually edited very well as well. So that you're not lingering any place for any length of time. You're not uh you know, hanging on special effects all the time. It it's just really well put together, which is rare for Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, and and as opposed to some of the mainstream um, network sci-fi shows that are going on right now, it, it's not at all intimidating. It's not something you need to watch from the beginning. You can pick up in the middle of the season and not worry about the things that you've missed. Um, and it's just a really fun show to get involved with. So what's your favorite artifact so far? <laughs> well, I have to say that Edgar Allan Poe's book and pen... Uh, you stole mine. 
was probably the most interesting. It was a ton of fun to see the effect that that, that mythos that they built around that person and his writing um, had on people. But um, I think one of the best ones is that the disco ball that... Yeah, the stupid <laughs> disco ball. Nice. And Alice's mirror. That one was pretty darn funny. It was. You know what my favorite was? The inn. Oh, yeah. So, so. The inn where agents live is actually a rebuilt version of the original one, which sits in the middle of the warehouse. Because it itself is also an artifact. Yeah. (laughs) That was pretty amazing when that that happened. I was pretty blown away by that. And I mean, you know, it's, it's. not that they're doing anything spectacular, but it's they're do- that they're doing everything really well. Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying that. Did you catch well, Dollhouse last night? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's also, I think, it's a nice break because um, when Galactica wrapped, uh, I felt like relief. Like it was a great, it was a great show. I watched every episode. I was hooked from the beginning. But when that show ended, I was like, "It's over. I can yeah. smile again. <laughs> I don't have to be know all these intimate details. Catch up on every single thing." This we is may a never nice hear the pres- word "frack" again either. <laughs> oh, you know, this is something where you you got, hit the nail on the head. It's like, ah. Every episode's a little different. I can watch them out of order. Doesn't really yeah. matter. I mean, there is an overall arc, mm-hmm. especially with the evil Artie there. <laughs> I, I can't remember the character's name, but, uh, you know, it's just nice to have something to sit back and, and just... I think that's part of the reason it's popular, actually, is that people are need they want to lighten up. Well, it is, in fact, and- the highest rated show that sci-fi has ever put on. And one of the reasons for that, before we move on, is I think the the fact that it's on Hulu. That's where I started watching it. I haven't, I don't have Sci-Fi Channel at home, so that's where I watch it. And I know that most people who I know who watch it watch it on Hulu. Now, do they track ratings on Hulu? Yeah, I think they do. Oh, okay, pretty sure. See, but but that's what screwed um, 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 uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Is that they weren't tracking ratings on on. Uh, TiVo and Hulu, and they were just using the ratings off uh, off Nielsen. Because when they went back and looked at what Sarah Connor and Dollhouse did last yeah. season, the numbers were huge for a show that was time shifted by about seventy percent of its viewers. Yeah, I think that they're. They're starting to take in Hulu and, and um, online viewing into account. I think even ne- I, I heard a story that Nielsen is doing it too, but I'm not sure about that. I think it's a secondary numbering. Um, but the, you mentioned Dollhouse. I did indeed. Yeah. My favorite show. <laughs> Dollhouse is spectacular. I agree. Yeah. I I didn't catch last night's episode. I've got it um, ready to go in iTunes, but. Um, it's probably one of the most compelling shows on television right now, I think. And that's a surprise to me because when I started watching it, I thought, wow, this show is not at all going to go anywhere. 
Well, well was Fox a, at the helm, it wouldn't have. Right, and the reason for it was that Fox couldn't keep their mitts off it. Yeah. And first five episodes were, once again, this is the same with Firefly, Firefly, out of order. And, you know, they, they couldn't leave it alone. And I'll tell you what the best right. episode of Dollhouse is, and it's never been shown. It's the one on the box set from the yeah. first season. I was going to ask about that. So it's, that's a good episode, huh? Oh, oh it's unbelievable. Fuck. It completely changed the way that I looked at the entire series. I feel like Absolutely. I have to go back and watch it again. Oh. Just, just after watching that episode. It's spectacular. It's set it, in a future. Um, it's set in the year 2019. And the world is very much different. Definitely something hmm. to watch. 2019. See, I love it when they, they put the future close enough that you know you're going to live to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it is I, such a dystopian future. It's amazing. Oh, wait a minute. 2019? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the year Blade Runner's set in. So oh. is it always raining? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's the one thing it didn't do in that episode. No, it didn't. Oh. But, but uh, much of it was underground in the dollhouse. So. God, I've got to tell you that, uh, you know, seeing that particular episode just kind of threw me. Threw me, uh, I, I mean, to the point where, and I don't usually watch episodes over and over again. I sat and watched that one three times because it was all the stuff that I kept missing and missing and missing. Uh. More stuff that I kept seeing each time. Damn, and and I had waited until right before the season premiere to watch that es- that mm-hmm. episode, and I feel like I was missing a bunch of stuff just because I wasn't in the dollhouse mindset. But that was a fabulous. Uh, even the even the end of the first season was a great um, way to end a season, and it would have been a good end for the series as well. But the the, the fact that it was brought back for a second season really gives me hope that. They're going to be able to develop it. I will say that the season premiere of second season and the second episode were not as tight as the end of the first season, I thought. But that could just be that they need to get back into the groove. And and I will tell you without uh, dropping a spoiler on you that uh, episode three last night was a significantly better one. Oh, wonderful. I've got that one queued up to go here probably after the show. So Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap well, this up. We don't need to interview anyone. Come on. Yeah, pretty much. We're good. Uh, another series which deserves some attention, although, of course, we haven't seen it over here, is the, the Torchwood miniseries that aired this summer. Oh, of course. deserves attention, we mean deserves to be like killed because it was just the most horrifying no, thing no. I have ever sat through. Oh, that no, absolutely wrong. Or oh at my least God. Galactica was like a they might be giants happy sunshine smurfette concert compared <laughs> to Torchwood Children of Earth. Oh wow. It, it was it was not only depressing, but spoiler alert, where's the there's no cast left. Okay. Okay, we, we need to stop just a minute. Backwards, Children of Earth is a five-episode miniseries. Okay, the first three episodes I think were really well constructed, 
well thought out, well put together. I agree. Episode four, I wanted to kill the writers. Episode five, I wanted to kill the writers, the producer, and all the rest of the actors. Because I was just so desperately disappointed in it. It felt as though a story which was going in a really good direction had been cut in half and they said wrap it up however you can we don't have enough time to finish it and yeah and so they and so they started they started killing people off and I they disagree. they I, I really think that what could have been a really well-developed storyline that could have ended if it was their intent to end Torchwood as a series, it could have ended Torchwood in a really good and influential way as far as the Doctor Who universe goes. But well, they, I, I just don't think they did. They well, quite frankly may have ended this, this series because BBC has yet to pick them up for another round. Well, it doesn't make sense because Torchwood is the BBC's highest rated show ever. Well, sure. That doesn't mean anything, though. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, let's just ignore that ring. <laughs> That's the red I'm telephone the president, in, the president is calling. Yes, Mr. Again? President. <laughs> no, Look, I'm after sorry, he gaffed but... on the Olympics, I don't want to talk to him again. I, I, can't, I can't help with Oprah. Sorry about that. No, no, that's that's a handful right there. Anyway, um, so another show that came out pretty strong that's back from last year is Fringe, which is awesome because it's set in Boston. It is. Before we get to that, let's go back to uh, the emo Doctor Who, please. Why? Our our new Doctor Who. Can can we just skip over the new Doctor Who and, and wait until? He, we've we've seen him. I think I'm already disgusted. That's let's, all let's I'm saying. Let's pass judgment until we know nope. because we all nope. thought we were going to hate David Tennant after what's his name, and he was even better after uh, what's his name. His name is Destro. Haven't you seen any movies this summer? Jeez. Um. Yeah. I. I. I don't think the pictures that I've seen of him and the new companion skew them both as very young looking. Which yeah. is interesting to me. I think that that's an interesting choice. Uh, we know that the Doctor has been getting younger. Well, the last two Doctors have been successively younger than the previous Doctors. Yeah. But um, I think that before I can really make a judgment about him or the Companion or their acting skill or the writing that will come out in whatever new season happens whenever they get around to starting it up again, um, I think... That will have a big effect on on how I view him. He does look, he looks so young. That's the only thing that I find. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give him a shot. I mean, I I'm a diehard Doctor Who fan. I have suffered through every Colin Baker episode, <laughs> and I tell you, I will I will huh? Over and over again. No 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 no. Just the I said time. I'm a fan, not a fanatic, uh, but I will um, I will give the guy a shot. I mean, because again, it's the it, Kriana. You called it. I was like David Tennant. Who's this guy? He obviously isn't going to be as good as Eccleston, and I think he's one of the now. I think he's one of the best doctors ever. Agreed. He's pretty spectacular. So well, and he's got amazing hair. He does. <laughs> he does. I always thought David Tennant. Just looking at him, I'm like, man, paint him white. He'd be the Sandman. Snap him up for a movie in a heartbeat. 
Yeah, and and it'll be interesting to see what David Tennant does now that he's out of the Doctor Who franchise. I've heard that he's already slated for a movie. I'm not sure which though. Wasn't he doing Hamlet? Isn't that why he dropped yes, it? Yes, he was on. He was in Stratford on Avon with was, Patrick was, Stewart doing Hamlet. Uh, How oh, now see, I would have flown over to England just to see that. No I was kid. thinking about it. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. Okay, well, before I go off on a Shakespeare um, love fest, we should talk about Fringe because I added this to the to the show schedule because I watched an episode, um, and the first two episodes I've, I've watched, and I've got another one queued up. And let me tell you, if you want straight, hardcore, paranormal, extra science fiction, Fringe is an amazing series. It hits everything that I that I want to see in a sci-fi series. While still being extremely fun, I love the cow that he keeps in his lab. I know. <laughs> it, you know, it manages to be both very suspenseful and dramatic and interesting and intriguing, but it still gives you the opportunity to laugh because there are funny things that happen, and I think it's an extremely well-written show, not to mention the fact that the actress who plays Olivia Dunham is just... She's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> she rocks, no question about it. I don't think anyone will argue with that. But, you know, nope. here, here's, here's my only problem with it. It started off very badly, I thought, uh, last season. And yeah. I think we were lucky that uh, the powers that be gave it another chance. Uh, it's gotten significantly stronger as it's gotten along, as it's moved along. I've got to tell you, it took me about six episodes before I actually started to care about Olivia. Mm-hmm. Man, you're generous because I, I tuned in at the beginning of the show. I gave it like two episodes and I was like, this does nothing for me. And I only started watching because my wife's been watching all along and she says, oh, at least watch it for Leonard Nimoy now. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. If Galvatron's on it, it's got to be okay. And, yeah, and you know... I I think I can agree. Um, the only reason I continued to watch was because of the woman who played plays Olivia Dunham. And um, I wasn't really interested in the story about halfway th- until about halfway through the season. And mm-hmm. at that point, it started... The, the alternate um, storylines began to, to kick in and the whole universe... It's just an extremely intriguing universe that they've created. So... Um, I don't know. I, it's definitely worth a look, and the second season has started out really strong already. Hey, listen, uh, before we get too caught up in this, and you're absolutely right, uh, two things we need to mention real quick. Uh, number one is uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a real cool Leonard Nimoy announcement, uh, which is cool that you all brought that up. But even more cool than that, Uh, We have guests coming on in the next five minutes or so, and we did want to get to two movies really quickly that were going on. Uh, The first movie I wanted to get to, um, and Kriana, before we do that, we do want to get to our sponsor trivia quiz. Yes, we should should get to, so again, our sponsors this week were ComFan Comics, and they're based in Malden, Massachusetts. There are good friends, Paul and Lisa, and they've donated a reprint of Weird Science Number One for us to give away to you, the listener. 
for answering this trivia question. Now you may be wondering, how should I answer this trivia question? Because simply yelling it at your monitor is, is not going to win you the prize. So no. our, our question this week has to do with one of the movies that Dome wanted to talk about, which is Zombieland. Yes, I definitely wanted to talk about it, only because Illustrator X is a huge zombie fan. Well, not so, well, yeah. <laughs> would, would you like to tell the story again? I'm sorry? Would you like to tell the story? What can I, it'll be the my autobiography, I Married a Zombie. <laughs> Tracy was a zombie in Day of the Dead by George Romero. On our first date, she showed me the scene where she tore out Tasso's throat and broke a nail doing it. She broke a nail? Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a scream in that scene. When you're li and it's coming from off screen, that's her going, Arg! I've just broken the nail. <laughs> <laughs> so she showed me that on our first date, and I was like, okay, this is someone you marry. So our question for trivia tonight is based on the movie Zombieland, which opened tonight. Can it's you explain night. how they're going to answer the question? Yes, okay, so simply yelling it at your monitor is not going to cut it. What you need to do is have a Twitter account and you have to get on Twitter and sign in. If you don't have an account, they're free to sign up. And you have to tweet at the at symbol SFSN, which is our username, and then a space, and then the answer. In any form, you can say at SFSN, OMG, it's, that still counts. You're fine. But it has to be over Twitter. And when you have won, we will direct message you and let you know, and you can direct message us back your address, which is completely private. We promise not to share it with anyone or sell it to the IRS or anyone else. <laughs> yeah, and we won't, we won't uh, charge it against your income tax, not to worry about it. So the question for tonight to win that wonderful Weird Science number one reprint in the new movie Zombieland, who has the surprise celebrity cameo? All right, so I'll be I'll be monitoring Twitter throughout the rest of the episode. I don't know what we're gonna do if no one wins, though. If no one wins, I get to read it because I have all the <laughs> stuff at home, <laughs> and we'll give it away again next week or rotate it into our pile of fun prizes of which we have quite frankly quite a few we have 13 unique sponsors at the moment so um uh, yeah, yeah unique's a good word for them <laughs> we actually have a really cool harley quinn print coming yes, up by one of my my friends oh, from high school sarah richards i believe yeah Everyone should check her out on, I think she has maybe a MySpace or at least a DeviantArt. I'm not sure what they are. I should probably know that. But maybe for next week. <laughs> so, have our guests arrived yet into the virtual studio? Pam, if you're out there, call in. <laughs> I don't know. That, not, that would be a no. Not yet. Well, she should be any minute here, so... Let, let's just um, give them a bit of an intro here. Um, our guests tonight are Pam and Mary. They are some of the coordinators of the New England Fan Experience, which is going to be, uh, as they put it, a giant, intimate 
uh, sci-fi con that's going to take place November 13th through 15th in Boston. Uh, there are specific uh, areas of interest for sci-fi, anime, gaming, and so forth. But uh, the big deal is that Leonard Nimoy is the guest of honor. Uh, they also have she, Gareth. She gave a wave that I said we were going to have this big announcement next week. Uh, okay, go ahead. Like, oh, well, like <laughs> next week. We we can announce it now, but they're they're on. Are you are we ready for Pam and Mary? Oh, we are so ready for them. Uh, are you ready, there, X? I'm ready. Pam and Mary, we... can you hear us? Hello, guys. <laughs> We're uh, enjoying cool. your Why, stimulating conversation about zombies <laughs> and Doctor Who. <laughs> Nice. So, so would you guys like to announce our our sponsor announcement that we just learned of this very moment? I will let Mary do that, Mary. Okay. Um, we are offering for one lucky member of your listening team there um, a membership to the New England Fan Experience, and included in that membership will be a personal autograph with Leonard Nimoy. Now that means you, you almost get to touch him, right? Uh, you would get to almost touch him, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll throw yourself over the desk for hugs, but yeah, what the heck. <laughs> and, and he will not be signing body parts. Yes, he doesn't sign body parts. Oh. Brianna, you don't want to tell yeah. Mickey Williams' well, what's story. what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> well. He will sign rubber Spock ears, though. Oh, well, that's good to know. Yep. That was my big question. Fun. Will he sign other rubber body parts? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Well, well, we'll hey, have you to ask. We'll, we'll check <laughs> Well, thank you. That's very generous. Um, I, I just wanted to say, I was saying earlier, right now we seem to be in a renaissance of, Bo of good Boston conventions. Uh, or New England conventions. For a long time, New England was sort of a dead zone, but right now we've got, like, the Boston Comic-Con uh, later this month is going to have a ton of guests. Uh, we've got the Rock and Shock uh, Horror Festival at the Worcester DCU, October 16th, 18th, and also just leading the charge is the New England fan experience. I mean, you guys are, you know, charging out of the gate with some great guests and some really fun activities. I gotta tell you, um, I'd just like you to just talk a little bit about, um, well, go down the list of who you've got for guests and what the activities are, and uh, I can't wait to for you to talk about the dating game. Oh, <laughs> I'll, let, uh, I'll let Pam talk about that, but first I wanted to tell you that the New England fan experience has actually been in New England for 18 years. Um, we were previously in the Springfield area as the United Fan Con. And because um, we decided to expand our convention from just being science fiction to many other areas, um, that's why Boston seemed to be the best move for us. And the New England Fan Experience was born last year. Um, this year, um, we've got, uh, as our special guest, uh, Leonard Nimoy, of course. Uh, one of the legends, and on top of that, an, a Boston boy, born and raised in this part of the world. 
Um, our other guests in the sci-fi experience are Gareth David Lloyd. My favorite. Sorry. Oh, yes. I can't wait to see him. Um, we've, all <laughs> we've got John Delancey, who is also Star Trek and Stargate. My favorite. Uh, yes. Um, we've also got Cornemic, also of Stargate, but the reason we've brought him in is for our pop culture section. He was in something called Parker Lewis Can't Lose, and yes, he, was, he was. He's also been nominated. <laughs> yes, he's also been nominated for two Emmy awards. A highly rated actor. And f- um, finally, in the uh, in the pop culture area, we've got a gentleman named James Hong. Now everybody's going to say I don't know that name, but oh. you saw Bubble in Little China. You know who James Hong is. If you yep. listened recently to the movie uh, of the Kung Fu, Kung Fu Panda, you know who John, James Hong is. He was Mr. Ping, the father of the panda. Um, he's somebody who's been in thousands of films, starting with uh, things like the, um, the Blade Runner. He's the yep. man who made just the eyes. And then, of course, in our anime kaiju experience, we've got... Erin Desmuke, uh, Alphonse Elric from the Fomo Alchemist series, and we have Sunny Stray, who plays uh, Maze Hughes from that same series. I'm thrilled about that. No, just interrupt. We talked earlier. Um, so Sunny Strait is actually canceling some of his area appearances, but he's definitely showing at yours. So yes, it's yes. basically got to go to... He's got to go to New England fan experience just, to see him. We went uh, to confirm this and, um, uh, shortly after you asked, and indeed, yes, he is confirmed to be at the New England Fan Experience November 13th through 15th. He'll be, uh, not only is he showing off his, um, his voice acting credentials, but he's also a, a very well-respected manga artist, um, recently winning an uh, award for, um, from the American Library Association for his manga. Wow. And then we also have another great manga artist with uh, Bettina Kurkowski, who does uh, My Cat Loki, uh, which is a really beautifully drawn and uh, a really heartwarming story. But where she also crosses over, which you'll find fascinating, is she has done much of the artwork for the Star Trek manga. She was the cover artist for the first Star Trek manga. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> So we, we're all about crossing over. What can I say? <laughs> oh, yes. But we, we also have a lot of exciting activities that we're planning on doing. Um, we're actually going to have on Saturday night an 18 plus floor um, where you have to be over 18 in order to gain access to this floor. So that way our older uh, attendees... More have, mature. Yes. <laughs> More mature attendees have a place of refuge to go to. Although, you know, the younger crowd will be having a dance downstairs, you know, so they're not forgotten. It's just the the older stuff is happening upstairs. Um, We also have a couple of um, exciting little panels that people can go to. Um, One is a, for 21 plus, is a sake taste thing. Oh, that's right up my alley. A little bit. (laughs) <laughs> learn a little bit about sake and um, how it's fermented and, and created, and you can actually taste it, um, which obviously you have to be over 21 in order to participate. But uh, we had it last year, and it was extremely popular. 
Could, uh, we ended could, up with a number of the actors there enjoying the soccer. <laughs> yeah. say, could, could we set up a podcast right there? <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that I, I was thinking 18 plus floor. <laughs> Let, let's go. We can I mean, it just right from there. Be, being on a radio broadcast like this, I mean, we have to keep lubricated. It's very simple. Right. <laughs> yes, the throat. The throat I'm sure throat. you do. Uh, we also have a host club experience that will be happening Saturday afternoon for some of our younger attendees who are very familiar with the Uran Host Club um, manga series and anime series. Um, and they're also, of course, the, the group that is most most interested in the Japanese um, fan groups that are running things like host clubs in Japan right now. There's the uh, there's there's uh, places where you can go in Japan and be treated by um, special people who act out that you're their favorite person, their favorite princess, or their fa- or that they're, they're the butler in your home. Well, let's um, face it. You can go to Japan and get a lot of things. You can go to Japan and be yeah, by monkeys. Yeah, you can go to a cat on cafe. Friday. I mean, you can just do anything in Japan. Yeah, Japan's a fascinating, fascinating place. Yeah. And so, of course, we've got the anime kaiju experience because, um, you know, kaiju is the, is the word for magic monster. And of course, the one that we all know the most is is Godzilla. Godzilla, yeah. But uh, yeah, we yeah. want to be the anime kaiju, the magic monster of Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now, what about the Boston Anime Con itself? I mean, are they so oh, basically um, anime Boston? I'm sorry. They're anime Boston. Yes, that that yes. is one of the larger cons um, for anime in you know New England area. Uh, they're very large, very you know, very popular, and very well attended. Um, we may not be as large as that, but we have that large scale feel to it, but in more intimate setting. Um, well, you will see our guests. Well, here on Sci Fi Saturday Night, we are all about the intimacy. Yes, oh, definitely. <laughs> Silence. Yes, our, our 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 con, you know, we we bring the guests in for the fans. To, to experience and enjoy. The well, not only that. Yeah, and you've also got a great, uh, you know, cross pollination going on because it's not just anime like Anime Boston is. You know, you've got the Correct. sci-fi, you've um, got the, the gaming, you've got everything. We've got we've got the gaming experience, right, where people can go in and and lay down on a comfortable chair and play the big screen TVs of whatever game they're most interested in right now with a bunch of other people that are interested in the game. We've also, of course, got the um, um, table gaming and that sort of thing. So it's an intimate experience where people are going to have a chance to talk to one another, to know one another, to exchange emails and telephone numbers instead of just passing in the night among other, you know, the other 12,000 people that are there. Um, ours is intentionally a smaller convention so that when you go and are talking to Gareth David Lloyd, you have time to talk to him. There isn't a line of 40,000 people behind you pushing you along. You have time to have a conversation with um, Mr. Nimoy as you're getting your photo taken with him or your autograph taken with him. Um, you have them on stage answering your questions directly as opposed to just a panel where they're chatting with one another. Um, it's a way for fans to become very intimately knowledgeable about what is going on 
in our popular culture. You know, and also having experienced both types of conventions, I mean, let's face it, Dom and I were at a convention a couple of years ago. It was the smallest thing you've ever seen. One room smaller than Granite Con even. There were like five whole tables. But we got to meet Peter Mayhew. We got to meet Bob Picardo and uh, Ethan Phillips. Wow. Yeah. And it was spectacular because there were less than 50 people in the room. We went through, you know, the line to see them. And, you know, each of us got maybe five or ten minutes. And that was just, you know through the line because they hung out with us afterwards. They were thrilled. Right. They were happy to well, sign your CD case or whatever. And, you know, I remember those much more than the huge con that, you know, we went to years before that with thousands and thousands of people where we met um, Billy, oh, D. Williams. Billy Come D. Williams on. and he was drunk and I saw him <laughs> and he didn't know what he was doing nevertheless. So um, it's much more memorable, and it's a much better experience overall, I think. And Nichelle Nichols, you didn't want to talk to experience. anyone. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> the other thing about the experience of a convention of that nature and, and our nature is, um, as we were talking about the 18-plus evening, um, the actors tend to come and hang out with us. They come to go to the panels to listen to things that are being taught or discussed or um, things that are of interest to them as people as opposed to just another actor. Yeah, another they are fans as well. Um, there may not be, like, their particular, you know, I'm a fan, you know, like Nimoy, I'm sure, loves Star Trek. But I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about it all the time. <laughs> but, sure. you know, I'm sure he has, his son is into anime. I'm sure he likes to, oh, you know, my son was talking about this and may poke his head in a room that is discussing a certain topic about anime. Um, there's a lot of cross-pollination going on with fans nowadays because, you know, things are starting to become a little more mainstream thanks to the computer. And, you know, you can go on and say, oh, I heard somebody talk about this. Oh, I'll go and look it up online. And there it is. And, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. Um, it, things are getting through really quick. Um, uh, oh, one of the things that we are going to be doing is the Repo Shadowcast, which uh, it's coming up on, on Friday, which I'm involved in. <laughs> the what um, Shadowcast? Repo the Genetic Opera Shadowcast. Uh-oh. Uh it's like Rocky Horror, um, mm -hmm. but to a different uh, movie. Okay, no, it is not. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not, I'm talking like, not like, it's not like Rocky Horror, but I mean, it's, it's like the same kind of basis for it, meaning like um, there are people that will be shadowing the movements on the screen, you know, and doing funny things while the movie is playing. And in full costume and regalia. Yeah. It's quite a fascinating way that these young actors have pulled this together. I mean, most of the actors that are taking off on this for Repo the Genetic Opera are in their young 20s. And it's really fascinating to watch the young um, excitement that's going on at our convention now. Um, there, there had been such a. I'm, I'm sure that as convention goers yourselves, you realize there'd been this huge um, discussions going on the past couple years about the graying of fandom and how everybody's getting too old to enjoy it. And and we've got proof that New England fan experience has proof that the uh, the young people enjoy fandom and conventions and science fiction and dressing, and up. dressing up just as much as the people who enjoyed it, you know, 10 and 20 years ago. Well, okay, I'm who proof are you calling old? I'm proof 
Beezers take it too. So, that sounds great. You know, I, I'm definitely, I'm going to be there. I'm going to bring my laptop. I'm, I'm going to be on the 18 plus floor, live tweeting. You can count on it. Oh, yes. And um, we do have a, a dinner um, that will be happening also on Saturday night, um, which you can, you know, you'll, it, it's, it's an extra additional cost, but you can be seated at a table with one of our, our guests. Uh, randomly picked, mind you, um, but you never know who you could be with, and it's always, you know, something, someone interesting that, you know, you can have a nice, relaxing conversation with. Hey, uh, I've got a, I'm sorry, I, I've got a question for Mary. Uh, now, you said you've been doing this for several years now, and I've never really talked to anyone on the other side of, of the, the convention world. Uh, what is, like, your favorite story from running a con my favorite story yes any any anything like uh <laughs> my favorite story of running a con i was um working cauldron con here in 2005 that was the one where we had the uh uh gentleman uh, who played uh gimli the dwarf from the lord of the rings uh, oh john, john... davies yes John Reese Davies and his and the other uh, actors that were there. One of them was uh, the, the the twins from the Harry Potter film. And oh. um, absolutely, yeah. My favorite part was when these two teenage girls couldn't have been more than sixteen come into the room and started screaming because they 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 didn't believe that we had the real twins there. And John Reese Davies over, over in another corner, being an absolute gentleman, um, was, um, was quite shocked at this reaction. He, he had never heard this kind of reaction come out of people for actors before. But of course, being of an age, he said, um, said this reminded him of, of some things that would have happened with, uh, with a certain young man who used to circle his hips and sing rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, um, he was, uh, John Reese was just such a fantastic guest. He, uh, there was a young blind boy into the convention, and John Reese wouldn't sign an autograph for him because he says, what's this, what's this young man going to do with an autograph? And instead, his father had brought along a, um, a recording device, and John Reese Davies recorded a voice track for this young blind boy to listen to. Talking about how to how his voice uh, makes people realize who he is as an actor, and discussing it with this young man it was a Very wonderful. Cool. That's so sweet. Yeah, wonderful way of of having uh, an actor interact with uh, a convention attendee, and this is what New England Fan Experience is about: its reactions and interactions. It's not just you know looking at them up on the stage and not having a chance to say hi except as they cross quickly out of the room. We've well got drunk. Always. Yes. Are there, are there any guests that you've ever worked with that you, they're never again? Never again? Yeah. Anyone oh, you're just like, no, I'm not at, nope, not that one. Everybody has their redeeming traits. <laughs> she's, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very diplomatic. That's true. That's true. Every, everybody's re- redeemable, and they have something great to say about them in one way That's or another. Very so I, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, no firm bridges. <laughs> well, let me ask uh, both of you, uh, who would be your dream guests? If you could book that one person you've never been able to before, who would that be? Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. <laughs> 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 you know, you said dream, right? Johnny Depp. John, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he has to dress up as a pirate. Yep. yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Just a hat. Just a hat. <laughs> he doesn't have to wear anything else. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he can sign some rubber body parts. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we will be continuing this discussion in the 18-plus area. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but I, I know um, I'm completely thrilled with the guests we have coming. Um, you know, I, as a fan myself, um, I, if I was an attendee, I would be totally happy and be going, go oh, yay, <laughs> and going yay, <laughs> throughout the whole weekend. But in the meantime, we're making Pam work. Yes, work, very work. hard. <laughs> yes, she's working very hard putting the anime kaiju experience together. Um, the way that we run it is, um, as the, I'm the chairman of the convention, and my job basically is um, making sure that budgets are matched and contracts are signed and, and hotels are booked properly and all that dry stuff, um, but, and finding the actors. But, um, Pam is one of five people who is making this convention fun for the, for the fans. Um, she runs the Anime Kaiju Experience, and, and basically she's the one who's making sure that there's panels, programs, workshops, games, Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> events, <laughs> and fun things to do at the convention. Um, we've also got the Sci-Fi Experience. Got, um, we have the Star Trek Trivia uh, Contest happening. Um, we yeah, have which, which the Trek, games you mentioned, which is um, people in costume uh, perform as who they're costuming as. And uh, we have this wonderful actor uh, coming in who we portrays the theme from Torchwood. Oh, no. So we've got, uh, yes, <laughs> we've got this young actor who, uh, John Barrowman, look out. Um, <laughs> comes we, we, have, Captain Jack. we have Captain Jack, yes, we and do. Captain and John will be there as well. Yes, and Captain mm. Jack and Captain John run our, our dating, dating game together. It's quite the experience. And then um, um, the pop culture experience, of course, uh, where we're doing everything that has anything to do with what's new in, in the world, including learning about podcasting, like you guys do. Um, and we have... Uh, um, gaming experience, and finally, uh, we have the Sci-Tech experience, and uh, that's where people who are in the entertainment field also are the people who make entertainment for us, so we talk about things like CGI, uh, about how games are made and brought to the computer. I think we need um, more molecular biologists, that's just my opinion. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) Um, We have no bias towards that whatsoever, as far as anyone knows. We we, we just happen to have one on staff. Oh, okay. Well, we also have um, Paul Galvin, who's coming, who actually, Brian would probably be interested in this, created a Mecha Godzilla outfit. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, I saw a picture of that on the website. That's beautiful. Yeah. It, it's wearable. And it's wearable. And it walks when there's somebody inside of it. 
But uh, uh, Paul is actually going to have two full-size workshops where he will take people aside who are interested in producing a Mecca costume and helping them outline and figure out from step one to finished product how they can make a Mecca costume. And then we have another panel afterwards. What do you do with it after the con? Not just Halloween anymore. (laughs) I was going to say, it's a good thing your your con is in November because that gives you 11 months to Halloween (laughs) to be able to build it properly with, you know, with missiles and, you know, laser beams and buzz saws and everything (laughs) else you need to take down your neighbor's Volkswagen. That's right. <laughs> the Baluk wagon, yes. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that should be a really interesting panel. I mean, it doesn't actually have to be for kaiju. It could be for just large-scale costuming. Um, people who are interested in doing large-scale costumes, like Ed, Edward, uh, Edward Al, for Alphonse Elric, you know, suit of armor. It's the same concept. No. It doesn't, or you can even try to do the rubber suit, <laughs> which everyone knows from Godzilla. So one more time now, um, for one lucky listener to the podcast, uh, sometime within the next two to three to four weeks, we are going to give away a full weekend pass plus a an autograph session with Leonard Nimoy. That is correct, and. The weekend is November 13th, 14th, and 15th. So, yes, Friday the 13th of November will be the first day of our convention. Oh, Lord. Um, the, um, the pass is good for, the membership rather is good for the entire weekend. And this autograph will be signed with you on Saturday when Leonard Nimoy is signing autographs. And it's and held at the Courtyard Marriott on Tremont Street in Boston, across from the Wang Center. Um, so it's really very convenient for people who, you know, have to come in via the T if they want to park in the city. Um, if they want to park, it's a short walk from the Boston, Boston Gar- uh, Garden uh, Common Parking Garage. Um, and it's close to Chinatown. Excellent. For some really good and interesting food. All right, guys. Well, I think we need yep. to sort of wrap it up here because we're coming right up on 9 o'clock. But I, yeah, I think but... we'd love to have you guys back if we could before the con. Yes, we'd love to. That would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, maybe the week we give away the other membership. That would be excellent. Yeah. yeah. It's been so great talking to you guys. Thank you so well, much. We're happy for to talk to you guys. Into our little well, thank you for having story. us. We enjoyed it. Oh, it was our pleasure. Thank you, and we can't wait to see you at the show itself. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So before we go, I'd like to reiterate our trivia question because we've had no answers yet. Wow. So I didn't think it was that difficult. So, guys, answer the trivia question, or the dome will cry. The trivia question, once again, is... Who had a surprise cameo in the movie Zombieland, which only came out a couple days ago, but I'm sure you guys can Google it. And you have to tweet <laughs> at SFSN the answer. That's cheating. And you can... It's not cheating. It's called strategy. Yeah, you know what the cheat is? <laughs> Letterman gave it away on the air last night. Letterman gave it away. Okay. But if you tweet at SFSN the answer, you can win a, the original reprint of Weird Science Number 1. 
courtesy of ComFan Comics, our good friends Paul and Lisa from Malden, Massachusetts. To learn more about ComFan Comics, you can visit our website, SciFiSaturdayNight.com. We also had a question from TalkShoe a moment ago. Would you Would you like to hear the question from the Go masses from our Go listeners? SC Steve asks, "Have we seen the movie Surrogates, and what did we think of it?" Oh, well, uh, Bruce Willis movie. Yeah, I the think Bruce any Willis movie. So Surrogates is based on the premise, basically, that we can have robots of ourselves, and nobody has to leave the house until somebody starts starts killing people. Right. 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 Um, I've heard a lot about this movie. Um, It's, well, one of the things that is interesting is that it's based on a comic book series. Correct. Um, And I'm not sure who the writer of that is, but I know that the movie was directed by John Mostow, who's a fabulous director. Um, He direct, well, not his brightest moment, but he did direct Terminator 3, but also. (laughs) Um, Surrogates was written by Robert Venditti. Right. Um, he also directed a fabulous movie, Breakdown, I think. It's a Kurt Russell movie. Anyway, um, I've heard a lot of great things, but I haven't seen it myself. Okay. It's funny you mention it. I actually um, I am friends with a guy who was bidding last year to do the video game version of Surrogates and had this copy of the script about a year, year and a half ago and was telling me, he goes, you know, it's not the graphic novel. It is a big difference. It, so fans of the graphic novel uh, will be surprised by the ending, I guess. I have not read the, the comic or seen the movie, so I have no idea. But um, apparently there's, uh, it's not word for word. <laughs> um, Put all it the reports I've seen have been, it's an okay movie. It's a fun movie. It's not anything groundbreaking. So... Well, I like the premise, though. The premise so maybe, is- our, maybe our homework is to go and see this movie, then. Yeah. But it's also a Bruce Willis movie being released in October, as opposed True. to May or July. True. Yep. It'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, something okay, something that's on the radar. I think we have our homework, then. Thank you, SC Steve. <laughs> that was a great question. Appreciate it, Steve. Um, and with that note... Which I believe is a C sharp. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our first night of uh, Sci Fi Saturday Night, the podcast. Thanks uh, very much for listening, folks. We appreciate it. Yes. And uh, Absolutely. hopefully, we will be back again next week or very shortly. It will be available on our website for you to re listen to our dulcet tones over and over again. Until next time, this is the Dome saying Area 51. Hmm. I can't remember the zip code for that. In any case. Uh. <laughs> right. oh. I'm going to end the call now. <laughs> 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 we'll figure out where to cut that somewhere. <laughs>